When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's Friday, May 20th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynesy, we're in the press box following uh, Thursday's loss to the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, the Guardians fall 4-2, to two, uh, unable to come up with uh, big hits in big situations again, and really wasted uh, an outstanding pitching performance by uh, Cal Quantrill. Yeah, Quantrill, what? One run, seven innings, Joe, no walks, five Ks. Outst- he said it was his best start of the uh, season. And uh, I think anyone who saw it would have to agree. And once again, victim of uh, no run support. And they scored 13 runs for him in his first game of the season in KC, and they scored two or fewer in his next six. Yeah, it's uh, if if two guys on the roster can uh, can go ahead and, and sue for run support, I guess it would be uh, uh, Zach Plesac and Cal Quantrill, the two guys that pitched in in this series against the Reds, uh, both of them had pretty decent outings and, and come up empty in, in the win column. Uh, and it's not like the, the Guardians didn't have their chances against Tyler uh, Malley. Uh, Framil Reyes hits a drive in the, uh, in the second inning that you'd, you'd think, you know, on, on a day when the wind's maybe not blowing in, or maybe he just got under it a little too much, but uh, that ball looked like it was going to go out. And, and just some, some really tough luck at bats uh, in, in, in places where they needed hits. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, Reyes, the long drive to the morning track in center field, you know, on a, like you said, on a better day and a calmer day, maybe it's a three-run homer and, uh, you know, the uh, Guardians, uh, you know, at least have some room to operate. But as it was, it's 1-1 going into the eighth inning. You know, it, when that when that happens um, – you know, it's dangerous. You know, anything can happen when you get that late in a game and, and it's 1-1. I mean, you're playing with fire there. Uh, the uh, bullpen comes in in, uh, in the eighth. Trevor Steffen uh, starts the inning, uh, gives up three consecutive hits. This is the, uh, the second straight outing that we've seen uh, Trevor Steffen kind of struggle. And, uh, you know, we knew where Terry Francona's confidence in Steffen was before this series. Where do you think it's at now? I think he's got to stay with them, Joe. I mean, uh, <laughs> doesn't have, have a lot any, of options. Yeah, you don't have a lot of options, or unless you, uh, you know, I thought Eli Morgan came in and pitched really well, but 
I don't think Eli is that kind of guy. I think they want him, you know, down the road to be a starter. You know, he's kind of just filling in spots right now. So you've got to go with, uh, you know, stay with Stefan. Or, you know, you've got you've got Brian Shaw back there if, you know, Stefan needs a, a rest or, you know, maybe a, a less pressurized, pressurized inning. Yeah, I really think they, they see Morgan as more of a length guy as a, as opposed to a, a one-inning, late-inning kind of guy. But but he was pretty effective when he came in. Uh, you could see why they like him so much. The, the changeup was really working, and, you know, he attacked hitters. Uh, whereas Stefan, you know, maybe, you know, made too many mistakes in the strike zone. And, and that was the, I, you know, I talked to him about the ball that Tyler Naquin hit uh, off of him to, to sort of lead off that eighth inning. And, and that was, that was what he said. He, he made, he made a mistake in the zone with a pitch that he was really trying to waste to, to get him on a fastball and, and then get to something else uh, a little bit later. Yeah. And uh, Palacios could have helped him a little bit on that play too. Yeah. I don't think uh, he took the best route on the ball. Maybe he didn't see it, but it, you know, it looked like it hung up there for a little bit where it may, he may, it would have been a good catch, but uh, I thought he, Kind of You're also talking to, about Palacios, who's not necessarily uh, you know a full time outfielder. Right. He's, yeah. he's only been playing in there maybe less than a year uh, in the outfield. But uh, you, you liked some of the at bats that you saw out of him. Uh, let's talk about Tyler Naquin. Uh, obviously, he was the story of this game uh, up until that eighth inning. Uh, you know, the the home run, the solo home run. He's now got what five home runs in his career against uh, his former club in eight games. And uh, he was eight for fifteen in this series. A uh, couple of doubles, three home runs, and he was named the most outstanding uh, player of the Ohio Cup uh, as as the Reds win two and the uh, the Guardians win two. Yeah, just uh, you know when the Indians, I mean, when, well they were the Indians when they non tendered him after the two twenty two hundred twenty. The two 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 hundred twenty two thousand twenty season. Uh, you know he was. I think. Uh, you know, I, I remember talking to his agent, and, you know, he kind of hung out there for a long time. Nobody really signed him till the Reds signed him late, you know, in, in, you know, just before spring training to a minor league deal. And, uh, I, you know, I, I asked the agent a couple times, uh, do you think Trevor had re-signed with, uh, with Cleveland if it comes to that? And he goes, no, he's not going back. <laughs> and so, you know, I think his... You know, I think he was, his feelings were hurt, kind of, yeah. and you know he had you. you it, it wasn't like he was making a king's ransom, right? You know, I think he was making maybe in uh, arbitration would have made one six, maybe one point six million, uh, and and they had like six or seven guys they could have non tendered that year, and they picked him, and you know I think, uh, and you know they they said all the right things when they did. You know, Chris Antonetti was very complimentary because, you know, he was a number one pick right. in 2012. He stayed, you know, he played here a long time, uh, was the, uh, you know, almost the rookie of the year in, in uh, 2016, won the center field job when they went to game seven of the World Series. Yeah, and, you know, we asked Tito in the post game about Tyler Naquin, and he said it's not like we hadn't, we didn't see that out of him because there were times when he had a 900-plus, you know, OPS when he was playing for him, it was just always coming back to the matter of staying healthy and being able to be on the field. And I think that's really what sort of drove the organization away from him. And, hey, if if you're Tyler Naquin and you take that and you turn it around and you say, okay, well, I'm going to stay healthy, I'm going to make sure that I'm, I'm always going to be able to post, you know, that that's what you took away from uh, your time in Cleveland. But uh, now you, if you're in Cincinnati, 
you at least know you're going to get to play him a minimum of four times a year, and uh, and, and you're going to see him at spring training uh, right next door, and you know all those times. So there will be opportunities for for Tyler Naquin, as you as you so eloquently put it in your uh, your game story, to haunt the Guardians uh, moving forward. I think that's a, a great way to put it. You know, could he be the next Brandon Phillips? Could he be the next you know one that got away from uh, from Cleveland and then just comes back with Cincinnati every year and, and makes them regret not keeping him in the lineup. Yeah, you know, Brandon Phillips, that was he was an all-star. He was a gold glover. He was, you know, he he was that was a kind of a franchise changing trade almost because they've been struggling for a second baseman ever since. I mean, right. they got Kipnis, but you know, he played he played very well, but he was a converted guy, but you know, they traded away really a talented guy just because there was a personality conflict <laughs> with uh, Eric Wedge in the front office. and um, But there was no personality conflict with Naquin. Naquin was a sweetheart. I mean, he's, yeah. he's a good dude. And he was, a, he was a, a great guy in the clubhouse. The, his, his teammates loved him. And, and he said, uh, you know, a couple of quotes from him uh, in, in the postgame. He said, you know, I got a lot of great relationships over in that clubhouse. So he didn't want to sort of stick it to him. There was a moment in that, that interview where he sort of hesitated, and he, <laughs> he, he, he had an opportunity to be like, <laughs> Yeah, you know what? Forget them. But but he he said, you know, I've got some good relationships over there. So so he was very diplomatic about his response when asked if it felt good to win that uh, most outstanding player against your former club. Now, the one thing I, I always remember about Naquin is, you know, the year he got hurt, I think 2019, I uh, was having really a good bounce back season. Made that great catch, you know, sh- saved Shane Bieber a couple runs. Then he ran into the fence at Tropicana Field, blew out his knee, and you know that he lost the last month of a you know a really good season. And uh, then he tried to come back in the strike, you know, I mean in the uh, pandemic year. And I remember he fouled the ball off his foot or something in spring training too, and was really was a was a non-factor in right. the sixty-game sprint. Yeah, that and that was sort of what kind of soured the the club on him and, and made him a, a non tender candidate. Uh, let's you know, I we came into these two games and I thought to myself, boy, these two games ahead of a, a Detroit series where the the Tigers have been scuffling with their pitching, uh, you know, these are these are must win games. You know, this is a a team that was had nine wins total uh, coming into Cleveland and and now they've got eleven. Uh, you know it. It just seems like a missed opportunity in both games. You had the the extra inning game on Tuesday night. You know the rainout didn't help things, but uh, this uh, this loss this loss kind of hurts. Yeah, no, no doubt about it, Joe. These are two games you got to split this series at least. You know, you you know you give give the Red, uh, Reds one, but you got to split it. And <clears throat> they were in a great spot. You know, t- uh, Tuesday night when Miller hits the home run to bring them back, and usually that's you know that that. You know, home that progressive field magic pulls through for them in extra innings. It didn't this time, and uh, and today they just got you know they just kind of you know kind of got sloppy in in the eighth innings. Stefan made the error and uh, got away from them. Uh, so, but this series against uh, Detroit coming in, you know they they beat up the Tigers for the last five or six years, and the Tigers are kind of limping in with their pitching staff. Uh, so you know, I would think uh, it, it would be a good time to to win a series. Right, twelve and seven against the Tigers over uh, uh, last season. Uh, this year, the Tigers have three of their their five main starters uh, on the injured list already. Uh, Casey Mize is on there with an elbow. 
Uh, Michael Pineda is on there with an elbow, and they just placed uh, Edwin Ra- or Eduardo. Eduardo Rodriguez uh, on on with a a left side issue uh, as well. So, uh, and you've got Shane Bieber. Uh, I'm sorry, Aaron Savali, then Shane Bieber, and then Tristan McKenzie. Uh, the three of those pitchers uh, combined fourteen and two. In 19 starts against the Tigers, those are pretty good numbers against uh, you know Detroit overall. Obviously, this is a, a Tigers team that they haven't seen yet, and you, you still got to feel them out. But you know Aaron Savali, who's been really struggling, is probably the happiest of any pitcher on staff to see Detroit coming to town. He is six and zero in seven career starts against the Tigers, and I think his uh, ERA against uh, Detroit is. Uh, at 2.93. So, uh, yeah, uh, opportunity here uh, this weekend to, to sort of just feel good about yourself before you head out on the road again uh, to Houston, which is going to be a challenge. But, you know, we don't, we don't even talk about the the way that, that those guys are hitting the ball because that that right now, that lineup is is rivaling, you know, any in the league. What's in front of the, the Guardians this weekend is, is again, I'll say the, the word, is opportunity. Yeah, definitely, and uh, you know Savali, uh, you know, really needs a good start. I mean, he is <laughs> he has really struggled. He hasn't he hasn't pitched like Savali, and uh, you know the Tigers have made made a lot of changes over the winter. You know they brought Javi Baez in, um, so we'll we'll see um, you know just where they're at. But they've they've struggled. There's no no doubt about that, Joe and. Uh, but we thought the Reds were struggling too. So I mean, this is this is a time, like you say, opportunity knocks, and uh, but you got to open the door and, and welcome it in. Uh, it, it, you still got to play the games on paper. Yeah. All of these games look like wins, but you know they don't they don't play it on paper. They they play it out on the field, and uh, it'll help to possibly have Josh Naylor back. Uh, that'll be a, a situation that uh, I, I think would. Uh, that was definitely something that we saw before Naylor went on the the COVID list. We saw the energy. We saw the uh, just what he added to the middle of that lineup, the punch that he added to the middle of that lineup, and it was missing in these two games for certain. Uh, there were there were times there where you said, "Boy, if that was Josh Naylor up there at the plate, you know, putting together maybe a a, a, a good at bat, you know, things might have been different." Uh, at least the way he was hitting in Chicago, uh, you know, heading into Minnesota. Uh, Jose Ramirez fouling a ball off of his uh, leg in the eighth inning. Uh, word from uh, Terry Francona after the game is that Ramirez was headed for some x-rays. Uh, we we don't have the results of those yet, but, uh, you know, I would be very surprised to see Jose in the lineup tomorrow. Uh, you know, definitely try to get him a, a day off, which is a shame because Jose's numbers against Detroit are as good as anybody in the league. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he owns the Tigers, but twenty-two yeah. career home runs. Yeah. I'd say, yeah, yeah, that was uh, that was a, a tough foul ball, foul ball off his sh- uh, shin, uh, and he was, you know, you never see Jose down like that, and he was down for several minutes, and then even when the trainer and Tito left. You know, he was kind of kneeling over, mm-hmm. you know, just bent over before getting in the box for a couple minutes. So, and then he comes but, through for the single. Yeah, but you, <laughs> but credit to him. I mean, uh, how uh, it that that's so Jose Ramirez that he would get up. You know, and and the best part was the the fans in the in in there were a few of them in the in the ballpark <laughs> today. Uh, Jose gets up. You know, he's he's flexing. He's he's dipping down. He's he's trying to get himself ready. 
And then all of a sudden he stands up straight and does his typical strut to the to the box, the that same strut that earned him the the nickname uh, George Jefferson from uh, from Terry Francona. You, you you saw it for a second there. There was a flash, and everyone went, "Oh, all right, here we go." And then, then he hits a ground ball single through the right side. Uh, it, it, he's he's just that kind of guy. I would just hate to see this be some sort of like long term nagging thing for him that causes him. He's already in a bit of a scuffle right now. Uh, you said what? Ten for sixty is last. Yeah, ten for sixty. He's struggling a little bit. So you know, I would hate to see this develop into something that that sort of torpedoes what's what started out as an all-star caliber season uh, for Ramirez. Uh, and even if Ramirez is you know gutsy enough to be uh, healthy and ready to go for the lineup tomorrow, uh, it won't be Terry Francona who writes his name in the lineup. Uh, Tito told us as we're uh, leaving the the post game. Uh, comments yes uh, on Thursday uh, that that he's got to stop and have a uh, a medical procedure. Uh, it didn't sound like it was anything real serious. It was something quick and minor. But again, you're talking about Terry Francona, and there are no yeah. minor medical procedures when you talk about Terry Francona. Right, and uh, you know, Demarlo Hale will be running a club Friday. T- uh, Tito said he'll be back Saturday. Um, so it, <laughs> and he couldn't get the procedure done. You know, this last week when they had some off days because of COVID. So, uh, you know, he, um, you know, so we'll see how that goes. But hopefully it's not too serious and he's back in the a, in a dugout on Saturday uh, where he belongs and where, uh, you know, the Guardians need him. They, they need everything uh, pulling in the right direction here. Yeah. I, in order for this club to be successful, they need Tito at the top. They need Hosey doing Hosey things and they need everybody else down the lineup to be at least contributing at some in some way. When that all happens, this team can score 10 runs a game and pitch the lights out. When all of those things aren't in line, it's a real struggle on a daily basis for them to win games. Yeah, because you can see, you know, Straw's, you know, kind of, you know, he's in and out a little bit. Quan is, is cooled off. You know, Miller's still, you know, he's... He's still, you know, hitting late, but he's he's kind of in a, in a little bit of a funk. So, uh, you know, it it you know you really need your veteran guys, and you know you need Jose in there, you need Naylor back, and you need uh, Franmil Reyes. Yeah, it, it's so it's so cliche sometimes to hear them all talk about you know how it has to be a team win and and that kind of thing, but but for these guys, it really does. Yeah, uh, it's 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 really apparent. Uh, all right, so we're gonna head into the weekend. Uh, big weekend, boy! A lot of events, a lot of a lot of life changing events going on uh, in the uh, in the Guardians press box this week. Zach Meisel and his wife Lauren had a had a, a baby boy Charlie, and we got to see pictures of the kid and, and, and hear from Zach. Uh, you know, tomorrow uh, Saturday, uh, Mandy Bell from MLB.com is is getting married to her boyfriend of what. 12, 13 years, Angelo Aronis. They've been going together since grade school, right? Since grade school. So, uh, you know, just a lot of happy things going on uh, here uh, on the uh, the Guardians beat, and we we love being a part of it. Uh, So for all of uh, of them and and for me and Hoinsey, we'll uh, we'll check in with you again on uh, on Monday, and and hopefully we'll uh, we'll be talking about, you know, a good three-game stretch over this weekend for the Guardians. Hey, Guardians fans, just a reminder that you can sign up for Guardians subtext here on cleveland.com. It's our subscription text service 
that uh, allows you to connect with Paul Hoynes and myself all season long. And we give you updates on injuries, roster moves, the latest trends and analysis. Uh, great time to, to sign up right now. Go to cleveland.com slash subtext to learn more. Or if you want to sign up, $3.99 a month, send a text to 216-208-4346, and you'll get a direct channel to message back and forth with Paul Hoynes and myself regarding Guardians baseball all season long. We'd love to hear from you on Guardian subtext.